Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Will with Schedule Fly, and I'm really excited today to have Nick Gitsis on the phone. Um, this is a really interesting story, a very, very different than the traditional story we hear from restaurant owners. So, uh, the first part, in which is Nick is in, uh, he's in Warsaw, New York. The restaurant is Silver Lake Family Restaurant. Uh, his dad uh, immigrated from Greece um, many years ago in 1951 at age 19 was involved in uh, restaurants for quite some time, uh, had some restaurants with his brothers, and then went out on his own in 1990 and started Silver Lake Family Restaurant in a different town. They moved to Warsaw in nine, they sold that and moved to Warsaw in 91. And, um, and, and Silver Lake has been in Warsaw uh, running very successfully since 1991, so quite a long tenure. Uh, Nick is not an on-site owner, although he is there now. Uh, he's a uh, he's a pilot. Uh, he spends most of his time in the Philippines. He's he's home several times a year, uh, but he's not there running the restaurant all year. So he's doing it remotely and relying on a really good team of people to help him. So, uh, but he's but he's there now. He's he's here in the states, and uh, he was kind enough to take some time today. So Nick, thank you very very much for doing that. I will. Sure, no problem. So, tell me a little bit. Um, tell me a little bit more about your dad, Stevie, who. Uh, came over here from Greece. He was born in 31. He came uh, in 1951 and was involved in the restaurant business and had some businesses with uh, his brothers. Um, so you you grew up. I mean, when you grew up, he was, from when you were born, he was involved in restaurants. Is that is that right? That's correct. Uh, actually, he's been in restaurants since before I was born. He started his restaurant career in Rochester, and he worked, his first job was for uh a guy named Nick Tahoe, and Nick Tahoe is a is a uh, a landmark restaurant now in, in the in Rochester, and they're famous in Rochester. We have a a Rochesterian type of plate, and the plate is called the garbage plate, and uh, that's what Nick Tahoe is famous for. And uh, Rochester in general, you know, the whole if you come to Monroe County or to the Rochester area in particular. Um, we're famous for garbage plates and hot dogs and hamburgers and uh, Texas hots and things like that. And that's how he started in, uh, in, that was in the uh, late fifties, early sixties. And then from there, he was working there, working for this guy who was his cousin, Nick Powell was his cousin. And, uh, then he branched out and set up a restaurant on, uh, a place called Monroe Avenue and it's called Gitsis Texas Hots. And itself became a landmark in Rochester, a landmark restaurant. And him and his brothers, they they branched out and opened up a bunch of restaurants around Rochester that uh, catered mostly to like um, working class, blue collar. Uh, and those days, Kodak was a big thing, so we had big Kodak crowds and uh, Xerox crowds, and um, um, you know, working class type of uh, environment that was open 24 hours a day, and and that's how he got started. Were you in the restaurant a lot as a youth? Were you? I mean, did you start working early? Or um... I grew up. I grew up in a restaurant. Uh, we were always interacting with customers. Um, we started working when we were, uh, you know, ten, twelve years old. We were uh, helping clean, dishwashing, cleaning parking lots, cutting grass. Yeah, we were working, a whole family, and, and we have a, a bunch of cousins also, but we were all working from a young age in the restaurants, and we and we really were a family-operated type of uh, establishment, uh, businesses, and we had to work. Yeah, we worked in the restaurants. 
Did you um, was it something you you felt like you would always something you wanted to do for the rest of your life? Did you know early on you'd always be a part of it, or is it just something that kind of happened over time? And I want to ask you more about becoming a pilot too. But um, did you have times when you didn't when you left the restaurant business and <laughs> we didn't have anything to do with it? Well, you know, the restaurant is a, uh, it's really a, a hard, hard type of job. It's a, it's a lot of work, um, tiring, long hours, things like that. But uh, I always loved the business and our identity because the restaurants were uh, carried our family name. It was a, it was a hardwire identity to the restaurant. So I, I always thought I would be in restaurants. Uh, but as I was getting older, yeah, I also wanted to fly planes. And I went to uh, flight school when I was 20. But in between flight school and uh, uh, going back and forth summers, I would always come back and work in the restaurants. And we were, and at that, in those years also, my dad had gone on his own, so I was helping out as much as I can with uh, those restaurants we set up on our own. And one of them was this restaurant here in Warsaw that where where we have now. And um, Yes, I was very much involved from the very beginning of this restaurant, which started off as a little ice cream joint, but over the years has grown into a full-fledged, full-service type of uh, family-styled, uh, all-American diner type of place. What have you? Uh, what did you learn from your dad, and what what are the foundational things that you've uh, now carried forward to, you know, to enable this restaurant to? endure for so many years i mean that's a really a, an amazing track record to have opened in 91 and here we are almost 30 years later um what did you all build the the business upon and what's what hasn't changed over all these years i know a lot has changed but what hasn't changed yeah um well one thing that my dad was always good at was uh picking locations he didn't he wasn't afraid of going you know 30 40 minutes one hour out of rochester trying to find locations that were undiscovered or undeveloped un, uh, at that time. And he, he always looks towards the future. His his eye is always looking at what will this place look like 10 years later, 20 years later, um, what will the development look like? And uh, sometimes his vision is so far out that it takes a long time to realize, you know, some of his projects didn't work because he had, he, had, he was looking too far maybe in the future, but... Uh, with this place in particular in Warsaw, we've been coming here actually since it was an ice cream place, even since I was young. And he would bring me to this place and tell me this is a good location for a restaurant. And uh, after many years, we ended up buying it in 1991. And um, and yeah, and then now, 20-some years later, 27 or 8 years later, that's proven to be a very good location. The road is a very good road. There's a lot of traffic on the road now. The village has grown. It's developed. So it's we're like the anchor restaurant, one of the anchor restaurants in town. There's a few others, but uh, we're one of the main ones. Um, so yeah, he has he had a good eye for location. Number one, number two, he's he's the type of guy that loved to work 16-hour days. He says he would say when he was uh, working or when he was younger that uh, uh, working is a joy. There's a Greek saying that says working is a joy, and that's where. That's what I want to be doing, and as long as I work, uh, I'm happy. So that that was always his standpoint. To the point where he rarely he rarely went on vacations. Our restaurants were always open on holidays. 
um, if if even at least half days, let's say that was that was a that was a uh, what he normally would do. The customers were always regulars, and uh, we took good care of the customers. They, many of our customers uh, then and now are very much regular customers, and uh, we cater to them and tailor to them and adjust to how the what the public wants, at least in our category, what they want and how they want it. How they want it. So I think that's the secret to his and our success in the restaurant industry. What are some examples of things you say you you know you you kind of make make changes based on the, what the customers want? What what are some things that you've done from that perspective? Well, like in our restaurant, um, like for example. Uh, we started early with a POS system, um, which helped improve. This is something like my dad would, would have never have done, but uh, we put in a POS system, or uh, which helps streamline the ordering, the the readability, the efficiency of the interaction between front and back of house. Um, for the customers, we've, um, I mean, we 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 do special plates. Like there's, this, we have different dishes that are made just for particular customers. Um, they have a special request, and at the end of the day, it ends up being on our on our menu, which maybe the only one person is buying, but we make that uh, in a special way for them. Or um, our 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 plates are highly modifiable. So if a customer wants something this way or that way, with this, without that, add this, you know, change this, we we do a lot of that. So, which is which is demanding on the kitchen, but uh, um, we still are able to do a lot of that. And um, other improvements, like uh, different things, like our our access to our restaurant is fully handicappable. You know, the doors are automatic. That's not a common feature you see on restaurants. We have buttons on our tables, service call buttons. These are um, buttons where People can press if they need a, a waiter or waitress, for example, so they don't have to wait or try to flag someone down. They can press a button, and this button buzzes and vibrates on a watch that the, that the waitresses wear. Um, so it's about making it as efficient and, as possible. And another thing we've done, in the, uh, and we just remodeled the place. We did a huge renovation about four years ago, and we put a, a test drive through and it's also a pickup window. So it, the, the restaurant isn't designed for a drive-through, but uh, along the back, we made a drive-through. It's a short drive, actually. But uh, what, what has proven to be very successful is that people can pick up their takeouts and they don't have to get out of the car. So the, our takeout business has been growing quite a bit by doing something like that. Um, because oh, the... Yeah, they call in, and then then when they come, they're not... Okay, gotcha. It's there at the window. That's it, pretty cool. It, yeah, they don't have to hop out of their car. They just drive up to the window, and uh, we hand it to them and cash them out from the window. And, of course, the next step for that, which we haven't done yet, is online ordering. But once they can order online and pay online, then they don't even have to pay at the window. They just have to grab their grab whatever they ordered and, and go. So those are some of the things we're doing. And... You know, we have a lot of features which are family-style oriented. We have a salad bar, which is very popular in our place. Also a lot of work, but uh, goes really well. So those are some of the 
things we're doing here. So then, now, and so you're so tell me more about you're a pilot now. You're in the Philippines most of the time. So how long have you been doing that uh, as well as owning the restaurant from afar? And, uh, and tell me about that. What's how are you able to do I've that? Been, well, I, I do that by traveling a lot. But I'm a pilot. I um, yeah, I I started a little operation in in Manila. I've been there since 1995, and uh, and yeah, I go back and forth quite a bit. But at the same time, we have a um, in as part of our restaurant, our crew, we have uh, promoted people and made them either supervisors or managers. Or so it's not just family that's involved in the management of the store. We also have uh, uh, in-house. Uh, managers that run the place so a lot of that now especially these days the connectivity like you schedule flight gives the visibility on what's going on but i don't have to necessarily be on premise or communication wise if i'm using a uh you know like a, a chat app uh of any kind I, we can communicate we can have constant chat apps with different groups in the restaurant so we can communicate issues but i don't have to be at the store to to see what's going on and take care of it. Where in the older days, it was a little bit more complex. It's actually a lot easier now to manage remotely a place like this. Um, and, on top, and besides that, the crew is a very good crew. We have an excellent um, bunch of people. They know their responsibilities. and They execute pretty good in terms of uh, keeping the place running and keeping it together and, and doing what's expected of them. Do you, um, since you travel a lot and you, you're around, I mean, around the world, I mean, do, do you, are you a discerning customer when you go into restaurants? Are you looking for things that they're, uh, you make and pick up or are you looking for things that, um, you know, just reinforce that, you know, you're doing things really well cause you're not seeing it done well elsewhere? Um, well, yeah, definitely. I get a lot of ideas traveling around the world and, um, and being in big cities, being in airports, you're exposed to like the latest cutting edge, uh, stuff that's happening in the restaurants or, you know, you're, you know, in the big cities in, in Asia right now, but, um, I don't know how much you know about what's going on over there, but, uh, it's really a robust and, uh, expanding economies and there's a lot of diverse cuisines and, um, there's a lot of that going on. I mean, from the food side, we ha I haven't brought a lot of that, what I've seen outside to here, because the taste in this area is very uh, uh, geared towards comfort food. Yeah. The the palate is, uh, you know, it takes time to introduce new things, and no one wants anything too exotic. Um, but but uh, some some features, like in terms of the call button on the table, I found that I found that in Manila, and I brought that here. Um, there are some uh, unique um, dishes that we've we've introduced, but we use mostly our Greek heritage as our um, as the international angle at this place. Although, with the way the traffic has developed lately on this uh, in this area, the the customer profile is very different now. So we have a lot of locals, but we also have a lot of people from. New York, New Jersey, Toronto, Niagara Falls, and, and also tourists that are moving between these cities. Um, so we get people from Poland, we get people from 
from Ecuador, like just in the last week, I've had Polish, Ecuadorians, I've had Indians, I've had Chinese, I've had... Uh, oh, goodness. Um, so, and what's happening because of them coming in, we get the, we have a more demanding, uh, uh, more demands on the, on the menu based on like vegetarian, vegan, um, gluten, things that we hadn't done much of on the past. We're, we're doing more and more on special and trying to cater to these people that want these types of dishes. So we have two different, two different bases we're catering to right now. Yeah, it sounds like it. And you, and, but you said you have a, you've really built it on, I mean, you have a lot of regular customers. Um, how do you, what do you all do? And I think you touched on this a little bit. You're really able to cater to their specific requests and needs with your menu. What else do you all do to try to make regulars feel special and, and to kind of just develop that relationship with them so they have a, a better experience at Silver Lake than they might? Elsewhere. Well, our regulars, our regulars have uh, one one really big successful thing we've done, and we started about four or five years ago. Was we implemented a loyalty, what we call the loyalty program. So a customer has a card, and then with that card, they get points for every dollar they spend. And um, and then with that, if they get, they end up getting effectively uh, ten dollars for every hundred dollars um, they spend in the restaurant, and that has. That has proven to be wildly successful with mm. the with the locals. So, um, and and that that uh, simple loyalty program, which rewards them for coming in on a regular basis, um, gets them excited, and uh, they feel like they're getting value for for being regulars. Um, so, where in other places they don't have those kind of features, and um, yeah, that's one thing that's worked out pretty good. We had a breakdown in our POS for about for about a month and a half, where we had to upgrade the whole system because the server had a problem, and then my my actual uh, touch screens were outdated, and blah blah blah. And was a, to make a long story short, I had to upgrade the whole system, and it cost a lot of money. But during the time that that loyalty wasn't working properly because of the software difference, because of the upgrade of the new, and then I couldn't upgrade to the new software because of these. Uh, older units, and the loyalty wasn't working, and it was almost like a revolution in the restaurant with my regulars because they wanted to get their points and they wanted to get their. Oh no! Oh, God. So it was yeah. So we got through that, but uh, yeah, that it, it became very obvious to me at that point how much they really cared about that and right and how, how effective it really is. Yeah, a tough, a tough little uh, bump in the road there, but but clearly validation that 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 thing's, that thing's working really well. Right, 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 exactly. Well, you must have a really awesome team of people there, uh, because even with chat apps and ScheduleFly and anything that you can use to communicate when you're gone that much, you've got to have people that you trust uh, implicitly and that you know will do a great job and treat it like it's like it's their own, like you would. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's control measures. Like another thing that we were able to do at our place that is not common in this type of restaurant is we do a, a waitress banking. So which means that the um, the waiter takes collects all the cash, all the credit cards and all of that, and they're fully responsible at the end of the day. They uh, make a deposit in a safe, uh, their sales. So there's no question in terms of like uh, cash loss, um, which might be common with the cash register or with a one point of 
payment in a restaurant. Um, you know, so you need you need a lot of security features also like that. That's a little bit cumbersome for the customer because they can't uh, just come up to a cash register and pay. There's no cash register to pay at per se. Uh, they have to pay their waiter or waitress, but uh, that helps us manage the cash side and. Um, and uh, but the rest, yeah, the team is very good. There's 33 or 34 people that work in the restaurant, so it's a good sized team for this type of operation. Also, um, but yeah, I have people that have been with me from the beginning, two in particular, so they're very active in the day-to-day management still. Although one is semi-retired now, but she's still <coughs> handling. Uh, cash, treasury, uh, functions, things like that. And then uh, the kitchen handles a lot of the ordering now. Um, and we split. We, we, we split the responsibilities, what would normally sit on maybe one person. We're constantly trying to push responsibility to different people. So the burden of uh, running rests on everyone, and it's easier to manage that way. So delegating responsibility is an important feature of how to run a place remotely. Oh, I would imagine, yeah. I mean, it sounds like, well, it sounds like you've got a lot of uh, really loyal staff and and uh, and customers. Um, but but having a staff that you can trust like that and those good measures in place is, uh, I'm sure, makes it a lot easier for you. What what is the what's the most challenging thing in your mind? And maybe the something that's going on now, or just something you've sent sort of a, a a general trend with owning and running a restaurant, what's been the most uh, challenging aspect of that for you in the years you've done it? Mm, well, you know, continually finding, finding new help is always a challenge. Finding people that uh, can take the responsibility of, of what it means to have a job. It's not just like uh, a lot of times in restaurants, we get people who want uh, 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 quick money and, uh, don't want a lot of responsibility or um, or they want to come in because, mm-hmm. they, you know, this is an easy, low-hanging fruit to them to, in, in terms of getting the job because there's uh, a lot of demand. So the, the problem is the, some of the problems is the change in wages that's been happening in the past few years that's been challenging for us because uh, labor is so intensive in a restaurant. So um that's been a problem. Uh, regulation on uh, how to manage uh, labor and labor-related issues, that gets complex. So we have to have uh, more training on on HR functions, um, what are the rights of an employer, what are the rights of an employee, and how not to uh, accidentally overstep those rights, you know, um, because the penalties for doing so can be severe now. Um, What's an example of that, Nick? Um, an example of something like that. Are you, are you talking about like how you can communicate with employees, or like what are some of the things that have been more recently regulated? Um, well, like uh, for example, let me think. Um, in terms of breaks, let's say breaks at a restaurant. Breaks is a big part of a restaurant, like when, uh, at our place, we let everyone take a break. If, if you, uh, work a part, t- a, a short shift, which is four hours or less, we give a 15 minute break. And if you work over, 
over five hours, we give a half hour break. Um, and uh, like the rule, the rule is that if you work six hours, you should be getting a break, uh, a half hour break. And if you, if someone works six and a half hours, um, let's say and didn't get that half hour break, uh, how you handle something like that, um, or if someone punched in or is going to work, yeah, say they're going to work six and a half hours. Uh, and and they're mandated to take the break. How do you handle the break? When? Where? So mm. break is a big issue with uh, with employees, uh, people that get uh, that get that have uh, hindrances on how they perform their work after they've been hired. For example, say someone can uh, lift something now, but then in in two months later they can't lift something. How you manage uh, a a disability of someone? Um, when they're working for you, uh, when you hire them, um, those are all issues that that need to be carefully uh, dealt with, and and you have to be uh, properly uh, briefed on how to manage, and and you have to train and brief your help also because you may be the owner and you may be able to do it, but if you're remote, if you're alone, or you're not there, and you have someone else that has the position, and if they make a mistake because they're not, uh, um, you know, the responsibility at the end of the day is still going to be with the owner. So if an employee yeah. makes a mistake on how they handle someone else, I'm still going to be the one to pay for it. Right. For example. So yeah, like like doing the training, um, it's 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 a uh, it's a uh, a lot of work communicating those kind of. Uh, um, training features in a standalone type of establishment. You know, if I was a big chain, the managers there generally they have a, you know, more robust type of training program, um, and there's a lot of other oversight in terms of all those functions. Where in a standalone, you know, you're you're one or two people running the show, and it's easy to not be able to understand everything that's going on and all the changes that are happening. Like, for example, in New York now, they're proposing a, a rule where you have to post a schedule for two weeks in advance at least, and then later if you make an adjustment to that schedule, you will have to pay you will have to pay the employees the adjustments you make at least three hours or something like that. I don't know exactly what the exact deal is, but if that rule comes out, imagine how much more burden it is on the independence on the scheduling on the requirements on the rules those are things that you know if you're busy every day trying to take care of your day-to-day -day stuff keeping up with all these mm -hmm. regulatory issues becomes very difficult and i think that's why you see less and less independence and more and more uh of these big chains well certainly it's yeah certainly in highly regulated states like you're in i mean that's a I can't imagine keeping up with all that. Guy. Well, let me ask you this. Um, so those are some of the things that, you know, maybe um, chains can have some some advantages with, as you said, you know, with being able to manage through some of that. But what do you think are some of the advantages that um, an independently owned restaurant has over a chain? Um, so the, the advantages could be that... Uh, you would be more flexible if you want to make changes. I mean, a chain is not very flexible. They're very rigid, and uh, 
and they're not very customizable even for specific things, especially for from a customer's point of view. You know, they're, they're standard, their service is very regulated, and that's their advantage and their disadvantage. But if you're independent, you can change, you can alter, you can do things um, that makes that might make more sense. Yeah. For um, sure. But definitely an independent is at a, at a disadvantage. They don't have the marketing budgets. They don't have the management support that an independent would need unless you're a bigger organization uh, or part of a bigger one still, even if you're an independent. Um, yeah, those would be these. And they don't have the, the, like a lot of independents maybe start off, you know, are startups. Um, they might not have the experience. They might not be able to, you know, the uh, buying power is another disadvantage. Chains have, they buy in bulk for their whole group, let's say, in one way or another, or in many groups, which 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 help. And uh, that's another thing we've been able to be part of some buying groups, which help us get better pricing or rebates from suppliers, which help us with our cost. Um, well, I think yeah, you're... Um... I think you're I think you're modest in a way because I really think like what you all are doing is, you know, uh, it, it, there's there's something that you have that chains could never have, which is that long tenure of family run restaurant of staff that have been there, you, you know, a couple that have been there since the beginning, people that are part of the community, you know, the, the dollars that, that are spent at your restaurant stay in the community with, you know, uh, a local family that owns the business. Uh, and you're able to engage members of your community on a just a much more personable, authentic way than you know than a chain possibly could. Uh, and, and I would imagine your customers are many of them, so many of them are regulars for that reason because people are they're looking for that. And you know, more and more these days, uh, people are looking for something that you know that is that feels like home, that feels personal, that feels local, that feels like something they can relate to. And and um, and you guys have that advantage every day for sure um and y'all do a, clearly do a great great job with that so and your customers know it um and that's why you've been in business for almost 30 years nick man y'all are doing really good work and um i just i appreciate the chance to talk to you um we appreciate the chance to serve y'all um let your team know that uh we you know we just we're we're stoked that uh uh, y'all are doing business the way that you do because you've been successful at a long time for good reason, man. And I, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Also. Yeah. Well, okay. Thank you also. It was uh, fun uh, uh, sharing a little bit. And I hope uh, if anyone's listening, they get some ideas that could help them with their place or their business. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always been about being flexible and trying and working hard and trying to do what uh, can make things better and more efficient and more value for the customer at the end of the day. I hear you, man. Working hard, being flexible, and keeping the customer first. That's, uh, right. that's the way to do it. Well, uh, Nick, thank you very much for the time. Uh, thank you for the conversation. And I'm um, always around if you ever need anything. I'll let you run. And uh, safe travels to you, man, next time you head out. Uh, be safe. And, Great. Uh, take Great. Care. Well, thank you. All right, Thanks. Take care, Nick. Thanks. 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 Take care. Bye-bye.